0: Here's a special important message. There is probably more written in medical journals about syphilis. as sure as a warm gun. And here's Army PFC Bob Zing to tell you something about just that. Let's face it. Have a ball in the land down under. Ever want to ride a kangaroo? Make kangaroo stew? Stand up and holla when you cuddle a koala. Dress in a nightgown and walk upside down? It's nice, isn't it?
1: Did your husband just leave you? You know, my love, you will be the laughing stock of all. Why does he avoid her embrace? Because he is no longer happy in their marriage. Constantly makes excuses to avoid the romantic intimacy of their honeymoon. What has she done? Is it really all her fault? It is not so much what she has done as what she has neglected. And that is proper feminine hygiene. Can neglect of proper feminine hygiene really spoil a happy marriage? Yes, and the pity of it is every wife can hold her lovable charm by simply using Lysol disinfectant as an effective douche. Why does this husband not tell his wife why he avoids her? Because he feels that a woman should know these important facts and use every means in her power to remain glamorous, dainty, and lovely to love. He resents her neglect of such fundamentals as correct feminine hygiene, which is achieved so easily by regular douching with Lysol brand disinfectant. Nice hair, nice eyes, nice teeth, but these charms may be wasted if she uses the wrong deodorant. Don't stay too fat. Comfort, health, and fashion demand right physical proportions. You can reduce the flesh on your entire body or any part by wearing one of Dr. Gene Walter's famous rubber garments for men and women a few hours a day. The safe and quick way to reduce is by perspiration, endorsed by eating physicians. Also union suits, stockings, jackets, for the purpose of reducing the flesh anywhere desired. Buckets and welcome to a brand new and very exciting episode of Beauty Unlocked. I'm Carissa Vickis. That hasn't changed. <laughs> How's everybody doing? I hope everyone's well and that you guys were able to have a beautiful, beautiful weekend and a lovely work week for those that are still working. So Cyprus is on official um, lockdown until April the 13th and And if we do want to go out, we have to send a message to a specific number with the reasons why we want to go out. So it's either one one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I'm not like I don't remember. I think number two is if you need to go um shopping. and number six is if you want to go out for a walk or or whatnot, but you have to have a reason. And then, you know, you have to wait ten to twenty five seconds to receive an answer. And then you have about three hours, you know, where you can go out and if police stop you then you have to show them you know the confirmation that you were allowed to go out so we are like this until april the 13th uh, cyprus has, has taken its measures to to protect uh, protect its citizens citizens <laughs> from um 19 but all right what can we do we gotta we we just gotta do what we gotta do and keep safe and uh, keep our loved ones safe and remember that this is only temporary and that all things you know shall pass too I don't know if it's happened to any of you that have that have been practicing well self-isolation or quarantine and whatnot but I've noticed that since I'm forced to send a text message now to go out I just I mean already I don't go out as is but in the sense of I'm getting more and more cravings And they're going to like the ridiculous where from one moment, I'm like, "Ooh, I want something savory to the next. I want something salty to I want something sweet and I am going crazy. But the one of the like positive things from all this is that I'm not going just like that to the bakery or whatnot to get anything sweet, savory or salty. Um, Because I have to send a message and so I'm just like yeah, no, I just I'm just going to stay at home and (laughs) dream about food basically (laughs) I mean I have food, but sometimes you just want like something to like snack on and then you just you just Stand in your kitchen's pantry or in front of the fridge and you're like there is nothing I mean, I'm all grateful for the food. I have don't get me wrong, but there is nothing that I want so that's that. <laughs> I don't know what you guys are doing about that, but I am having some serious serious cravings. Woo. So in this week's episode, we have a fuck ton to discuss. Yes, a fuck ton cuz that's how that's how I measure things now is by fuck tons. Um, <laughs> um but we have a fuck ton of things to discuss. And um so we're going to jump right into it because it might be um it might be a longer episode, especially since I changed it up with the intro and everything. I'm just going to like do a quick, 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 like spring cleaning, even though I have like seasonal allergies. i got to do like that spring cleaning as always. So you can find us on social media. Check us out on Instagram at beauty underscore unlocked underscore podcast. Also, we have a private Facebook group and a page and you can find us on beauty unlocked the podcast and as always you guys send me those emails you can send us an email send me an email send us well me myself and i as always send me an email at beauty unlocked podcast at gmail.com and um as i said we're on well most of the podcast like listening apps so wherever you listen to your, your podcast you can listen to us beauty unlock the podcast so that is that we're gonna jump right in In last week's episode we spoke about how lead mercury and arsenic were found in a lot of uh, cosmetics in our ancestors cosmetics and what they would (laughs) use well that they would use and how it would affect them and this week i decided like i said last week it would be a two-parter so this week i decided to continue with the beauty trends that our ancestors and let me tell you some of these things you guys are horrifying just to think but then again, when you compare to like a lot of today's beauty trends and a lot of procedures that people do go through to, I don't know, I wouldn't, I don't know. I mean, it's sometimes, you know, the things that we do sometimes in the name of beauty, but it's one thing if we kind of fall on society's pressures of what we should look like. And it's another thing if it might be for reconstruction purposes or if it's like, you know, to make us feel better But then again there's that underlying Mental health so who knows Like we, we've we talked about in, in Previous episodes about how You know um, society has a tendency To put its um, Ideals or its beauty Ideals and kind of force them Onto us and it wasn't It wasn't much different um, It wasn't much different the practices that our Ancestors actually partook in So this week um, There's I'm I don't know if I should say that there's a, there's a trigger warning, but some of the things are, are a little bit, um, well, they can be ki- kind of gross. I mean, I don't go into like a lot of detail, but there's some things that kind of even me who has a very strong stomach, uh, I kind of, I kind of, uh, yeah, I was a bit like, oh, I cringed. <laughs> so just to let you know, I can't say it's like a very like strong trigger warning, but there might be things that might make you guys cringe as well. Oh my god, it just popped into my head. Did I say reconstruction? I meant reconstructive. <laughs> reconstructive surgery. Woo, I'm seriously, I'm telling you. Um the air is not 100% clean today and I am on some antihistamines and wow. Anyway, so let's let's jump right in. All right, the first horrific beauty trend that was around and it started, well, it started since antiqu- antiquity, okay? Antiquity. But the, the reasons for it kind of changed as time passed. So in the Middle Ages up to the Victorian age, women would bleed themselves in order to look pale. So as we discussed in last week's episode, pale skin was all the rage because it, it, it indicated that a woman was wealthy and didn't need to work outside. So in order to achieve this this deathly pale look some women would bleed themselves and this is according to the book of introduction to cosmetic formulation and technology bloodletting throughout history served many purposes and i say that i, I use the term loosely but um, it ranged from curing illnesses and conditions to balancing the humors of the body for better health and the humors is what, uh, obviously, a lot of uh, of Greek philosophers and physicians spoke about, as well as um, many ancient, how would you say, traditional medicines look on as balancing the humors. But it is a very harmful practice. It can weaken a patient and f- it it eases infections thing is that they even had like bloodletting charts to indicate where to perforate a patient and the worst is that a lot of times it wasn't done medically in the sense of a a doctor would perform this although anyway it's not all the time that doctors would perform bloodletting a lot of the time it was like the town's barber that would come over and just start bleeding people god this is just (laughs) and um so yeah so they would use like these bloodletting bloodletting charts to indicate where where to to perforate a patient and that was depending on the condition as for getting that pale skin look i'm sure that most of the time it was like done on the arms so yeah so in order to to get that pale skin look that was another method used was bloodletting lovely bleeding basically bleeding to death in order to look more beautiful oh honey you look like a corpse at the end of it I'm not too sure if that made you cringe, but it's definitely cringe-worthy, <laughs> especially if you have um, if you you have phobia like when it in regards to blood and everything. Which I know that many members of my family actually have this this thing with like blood, and like my sister can actually pass out. My dad. Cr- Cringes And doesn't even want to talk about it Let alone see blood And uh, so yeah, pretty much uh, So that was, that, was, that was That's the first beauty trend From the Middle Ages up to Victorian times Was bloodletting to get that deathly pale look I'm sure that many of you have heard of Deadly Nightshade Or as many people uh, call it Belladonna atropa belladonna is a poisonous extract which was used historically by assassins to kill italian women they started calling it belladonna which means beautiful woman and they used it as an eye drop to dilate their pupils which supposedly made them more attractive so the roots of the deadly nightshade are typically the most potent part of the plant but even one leaf can be fatal So here you go. You're purposefully making yourself go practically blind and eventually die just to dilate your pupils to make yourself more attractive. All right. Wow. Anyway, I'm not going to even go into it like I can't. First of all, what what confoculates me again is the fact that a lot of places were like poorly and dimly lit so you had to be pretty damn close back in the day to to someone to be able to see their dilated pupils unless of course yeah well technically you could walk around during the day but most of the time it's like places were dimly lit you can't really see how much of this stuff would you have to apply per day because i'm sure like after a while like the effects maybe after what 10 15 20 30 minutes would go away so then you would have to reapply those um those drops into your eye, throughout the day, if you were doing this throughout the day, you m- might've been doing it, what, I'm assuming maybe up to 10, 10, 12 times a day. You're basically killing yourself and pretty damn quickly, to tell you the truth. But all right, who am I to judge, we're no better. <laughs> so I'm sure that many of you have heard of x-ray or x-rays, but I'm gonna give you a little bit of a, of a history lesson here so wilhelm Conrad Roentgen was a professor of physics um, at a university in germany and he was the first person to actually discover the electromagnetic radiation in a wavelength range commonly known today as x-ray so although many people had observed the effects of x-ray beams before wilhelm here was the first one to study them systematically and this happened back in uh, the late 19th century, I think it was 1895, if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember too well. But but what did our ancestors decide to do with this new discovery of, of X-ray? Uh, in um, the early 20th century, they thought that they could use X-rays to remove excess body hair. <laughs> So according to a report, some patients, in order to remove their body hair or excess body hair, they had to be exposed to uh, x-rays ray like x for up to 20 hours. Can you imagine? Up to 20 hours to expose yourself to x-rays, you know, up to 20 hours. So, of course, the effects of this was that hair did fall out, but that would be all your hair. And it also, um, the effects of this also was that some people experienced skin thickening atrophy, ulcerations, and most likely developed cancer. So uh, after a lot of bad side effects and, of course, lawsuits, everyone figured it out (laughs) and thought, well, maybe x-ray isn't the way to go when it comes to removing excess body hair. Uh, Even though for a very long time, it was marketed as a perfectly safe device for the aesthetic procedure. Can you imagine that they marketed this as perfectly safe? wow okay so that's that's another thing that are another beauty trend that our ancestors came up with you find something you make a finding and then you're like hey how can we use this to make people uh, m- uh more socially beautiful and yeah well since people have like excess body hair why not use it on that all righty then you thought that last week's episode on mercury arsenic and lead was bad <laughs> i mean this is this is wow we're, we're gonna go on to the next one so apparently x-ray um x-rays were used to to get rid of excess body hair this is something new radioactive cosmetics were advertised as an astonishing new force for betterment so people went crazy for radium in the early 20th century marie and pierre curie discovered radiation in 1898 And guess what? Cosmetic companies jumped at the chance to incorporate it into beauty products before understanding the potential adverse side effects. If placed on the face where the skin has become wrinkled or tired, the radioactive forces immediately take effect on the nerves and tissues. A continuous steady current of energy flows into the skin and before long the wrinkles have disappeared. This is what um, an advertisement for um, Radior chin straps in 1915... um, Well, that's what they advertised. Can you imagine? In the 1920s and 30s, companies like Radior and uh, Thoradia offered radioactive creams, soaps, and other beauty products. Now, we know for a fact that future generations are going to look at us and be like, again, like I said last week, what? They used to, like cut people open and people used to do what for beauty Uh, we're no better than our ancestors i mean the thing is that what's changed is that we have access to i mean not knowledge i mean we're able to go onto the internet we're able to read books about it because let's just face it all these all, all our knowledge comes from previous mistakes that's how it is so you know uh there's there is a period in, in history where it was trial and error for many, many things until we got to where we are today, which is still quite backwards. And future generations are gonna be like, what the hell was wrong with these people? <laughs> That's what they're gonna say. So just think about it that our great, that our great, 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 great grandchildren are gonna just look back at us and and really think they were really backwards, barbaric in a lot of things. Are you ready for a little bit more of my shop of horrors? Because I'm so ready to tell you about this next one. Uh, as we know, well, actually, I don't know. We, we, we might not know, but in the late 1700s, hairstyles reached their peak. And that was, you got to take that literally. To get the highest hair possible, women often used wooden and iron frames, leather horse hair pads, and a lot of extensions. After all this was applied, hair was curled with hot uh, tongs, covered with lard to hold it in place, and powdered with lead. With lead. More. It's not enough that you're putting it on your body, putting it on your face. You got to put it on your hair, too, to hold it up and powder it. I mean, that's awesome. So after this, you weren't going to wash your hair out, (laughs) of course. Already the fact that people were taking basic hygiene, and that's like, Taking a bath was so sparse. I think it would be like uh, four four times a year people would bathe. Except maybe the, the aristocracy and whatnot where their thing was cleanliness is next to godliness. They would take maybe, ba- uh, they would bathe a little bit more often. But still, it was here and there. So you can only imagine. So apart from that, you're putting lard. You're putting lead on your hair. You're not taking regular baths. You can only imagine the smell i can't even imagine (laughs) so uh so you weren't going to wash your hair out for a while so then of course you would get lice and mice that would come (laughs) and this required long scratching sticks there were even reports of women wearing cages around their hair at night to keep the mice and other vermin away can you imagine can you (laughs) Oh, I cringe at the thought of the smells and mice and lice. The next beauty trend is nothing new actually because we still practice it in a certain way today. But in 1899 there was a newspaper article and I'm going to I'm going to read it. It's about eyelash extensions. So this is a this is an article in, in a newspaper that was uh, featured in 1899. and it explains it like this an ordinary fine needle is threaded with a long hair generally taken from the head of the person to be operated upon the lower border of the eyelid is then thoroughly cleaned and in order that the process may be as painless as possible rubbed with a solution of cocaine all righty then okay the operator then by a few skillful touches runs this needle through the extreme edges of the eyelid between the epidermis and the lower border of the cartilage of the tragus. The needle passes in and out along the edge of the lid, leaving its hair thread in loops of carefully graduated length. Whatever happened, you know? My mama used to told uh, my mama used to told me. <laughs> wow, Carissa, that's awesome. My mama used to tell me, Carissa, if you want la- long lashes, and okay, fair enough, I do have long lashes from my dad's side. If you want to maintain those long lashes, you take a little bit of almond oil and castor oil, just a, a bit, uh, on a uh, mascara. What you call it? What are those like mascara brushes, and you just put a little bit at the tips. All right, And you put it right before bed This is what you do What the hell happened to these What the hell is that What is that Can you imagine going to Get operated on like that I mean it's one thing what we do today with glues And this and that and whatnot. I'm not saying that that's any safer But because the risk of infection is pretty high But in all honesty Can you imagine going to do this kind of procedure Where they even apply cocaine To your eyelids so it would be painless ah the how available cocaine was back in the day we're not going to even talk about that though um and then you would literally sew hair onto your eyelid to make your eyelashes longer i'm more in disbelief of this week's beauty trends than i was la of last week's beauty trends i wasn't even ranting and raving as much last week it must have been the antihistamine i was on but and although I'm on antihistamine right now, I'm still more gobsmacked at what I'm I'm talking about this week than what I was talking about last week. Who cares about a little bit of lead arsenic and mercury when you have to wear a cage on your hair at night so that vermin don't come and eat your fucking like scalp seriously. Should I do a quick, quick recap of what we've actually spoken about? So far, we've talked about bloodletting in order to get the deathly pale look, which obviously resulted most of the time in you getting getting an infection and dying. So hence, yeah, you achieved that deathly pale look by dying. You would put deadly nightshade or belladonna In eye drop form into your eyes to dilate your pupils because you thought it was more attractive. We used X rays in order to get rid of excess hair. We also used radioactive cosmetics because it was an astonishing new force for betterment. Betterment of what? Apparently, not my health, motherfuckers. Then we would put lard in our hair, and we would have, like I said, to put your hair, put put a cage around your freaking like uh, face and head. In order for the vermin to not come and eat you up. That's, that's lovely. And then we have the good old eyelash extensions where they would put a bit of cocaine onto your eyelids so it wouldn't be painful. You know what? Sniff it and then you will not feel a thing. Let me tell you that. Seriously. But that's not all. <laughs> that's not all, kids. There is even more. Are you ready for this one? Some people still do this, like the eyelash extensions here it goes the secret to eating whatever you want and not gaining weight to some it's swallowing tapeworms what yes in victoria victorian era there were advertisements in the late 19th and early 20th century that urged people to swallow sanitized tapeworms that would offset weight gain by eating the food they consumed Yes, you heard right. And what the hell does it mean, a sanitized tapeworm? Okay, I understand that it would be like the eggs of the tape, tape tapeworm eggs. But what the hell is that all about? Do you know what? i rather eat and gain weight um than actually swallow a goddamn tapeworm. And do you know in the 20th century who else did this? A famous opera singer by the name of Maria Callas... They said that she actually did this, but the way she did it, it wasn't in pill form, is that she ate uh, raw beef, like a kind of tartare, um, in the hopes of it containing tapeworm. And then they say, um, that that's how she started losing weight. I mean, it could it could be true. It could not be true. You know, nothing shocks me in what uh, certain celebrities would do in the name of beauty. So this article, continues to say that some people still attempt this diet the tapeworm diet in 2013 today reported that a woman in iowa bought a tapeworm online and swallowed it then went to her doctor for help ingesting tapeworms is extremely risky and can cause a wide range of undesirable side effects including rare deaths and this is what a dr patricia quinn quinn uh, who's the medical director of the Iro- Iowa Department of Public Health? Wrote uh, after this patient was seen. No kidding. <laughs> Seriously. Yes, we. I think we. We know that ingesting tapeworms, whether they're sanitized or not, is a bit risky. But there was actually um a a look like a late nineteenth century late nineteenth century like advertisement, and you should see this stuff. It's it's um I'm looking at it right now and. There's a picture of a woman who's looking at a whole bunch of foods, oils, mustard. What else is she looking at? Fruit. She's just looking at a whole bunch of things. And it says this advertisement, eat, 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 and always stay thin. No diet, no baths, no exercise. Fat, the enemy that, that is shortening your life, banished. How? With sanitized tapeworms. And then it says it's jar-packed. Friends for a fair form, easy to swallow, prepared by W. T. Bridge. In I can't read it so like it's unclear there. Oh, he's a chemist in New York, and then you you send send no money particulars mailed free. Oh my, I see, that is oh, and then there's here at the at the bottom left, no ill effects. <laughs> I mean, come on, what are how did advertisements come out? What seriously is shocking is how these ads from the 18th, 19th century, especially 19th century, and maybe and well in the 20th century to a certain e- extent, because there were some ad- ads that I checked out that were very sexist and were directly were always directed towards women and feeding the insecurities that we we have based on basically society and its opinion and everything but some of these advertisements are really really I mean now it's a little bit subliminal the messages and it, it works differently at ads back then they were just direct they were really really direct in what they were selling that's for sure I mean, fat, the enemy that is shortening your life. No, what's shortening my life is the fact that I'm going to apparently ingest a sanitized tapeworm, motherfucker. That's what's going to like, you know, shorten my life. What the hell? There was another one. Oh, this one. There's a lady who's holding up this box and it it says, lard be gone, weight loss. And it says, lose weight the easy way, try, new and improved, lard be gone, now with live tapeworm eggs. This is horrific. That's all I have to say. It's just and the lady, well, it's a lady. It's it's like a cartoon drawing of this woman, you know, looking all happy. And I'm like, no 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 no. No. God, this is why our life expectancy was so short because of this bullshit. This is why. I mean, oh man, this is incredible seriously. But anyway, onwards and upwards. I don't know if it's upwards well yes maybe it is actually but onwards to the next beauty trend which was actually also a fashion trend and we're going to look at the corset <laughs> as wikipedia My go to, huh? Wikipedia says the corset has been an important article of clothing for several centuries in Europe. Evolving as fashion trends have changed, which is very true because I've worn my fair share of corsets, except they weren't laced from the back and you had to hold on to a bedpost like in Gone with the Wind. (laughs) It was the ones that you could, you know, hook. To the front, like in the front, you would you would hook them up, yeah. And uh, I definitely wore my fair share of corsets in my in my yester years, in my younger years, in my twenties, I should mention. And you know what? I I'm not um I am gonna toot my own horn. I look damn good. And actually, these the corsets that there weren't even really kind would it be bodices, corsets? I guess it would be corsets, but it wasn't like like the ones of the 17th, 18th century and whatnot. But I remember once when i was living in geneva and a friend i was i was wearing like this kind of suit with a corset underneath i was looking i was looking 100 fine and i go and take off my jacket and i remember like my friend her eyes just like they just became three times the size that they are normally and she's just like your tits look massive in that and i'm like well, yes, because this corset is pushing everything up. I swear to God, I could have like caused somebody injury by poking their damn eyes out with my tits. Could have caused myself injury the way that my tits were pushed up. In, I found a few articles on the corset. I'm not gonna go talking about my tits anymore. But here it says, the corset, a construction of steel, whalebone, and silk was used mostly by women and sometimes by men. Now, the corsets, I found out in the corset history, Uh, it said fashion history reveals the first recorded corset originated from crete in greece and it was worn by the minoan people and you can see on ancient pottery that both men and women were sporting form-fitting belts and vests with leather rings or straps that constrict the shape of the waist culturally this showed a woman's ideal shape accentuating the beauty of her curves and often exposing bare breasts well there you go and my tits were about to come out of my corset so both Minoan men and women wanted a small waist. As children, both genders wore a girdle around their waist that was tightened tightened. <clears throat> excuse me. as they grew in order to stop growth in the waist area. This article continues. I, I didn't go throughout the whole history. I mean, I did kind of. I read it for myself. But this continues as um, the cut, a tight-fitting garment whose name meant on the rib, comes from the French, was first worn in France during the 15th century. During this time, the wealthy French women were known to desire a thinner waistline using stiffened linen undergarments tightened by front or back laces known as styes or bodies or bodies. Then it goes on to say that Agnes Sorel, the mistress to Charles VII of France, started a trend when she wore a gown in the French court, which fully exposed her breasts. Oh, my. (laughs) So scandalous, these, well, these French, and I'm half French. But anyway, yes, so fully exposed her breasts. Nothing wrong with that. But fair enough. She was making a fashion statement. And then it goes on to say that corsets in the 17th century were mostly made from fine linen and bones with reeds, Bents or whale bones The neckline of the corsets Ranged from high neck to very low Uh, At the time uh, The prominent bust was desired Your tits had to be up there ladies And corsets helped to accentuate The bust and put more emphasis on the decolletage. Important people of the era such as And it gives uh, a list like Queen Mary And wife of Charles I of England uh, They were depicted in many paintings uh, With fully bare breasts Oh my as if that's so scandalous to have your breasts bare so exposing the breasts were regarded amongst the aristocracy and upper classes as a status symbol and a sign of beauty okay <laughs> i mean i'm not i'm not disagreeing but i mean in the sense of it was just for different uh, different reasons back then i found also some more information uh, actually it was an article that was written for the european journal of language and literature studies The author of this uh, of this article had a lot to say about it, but I'm not going to go into it, but I'm sure it was a very riveting read. I I was reading here and there like I was like quickly reading through Uh, the writer says in this article is that in the late 19th century, tight lacing indicated status and privilege. The women were regarded as purer, well-mannered and more pious as much as they were tightly corseted. Due to Victorian codes of morality, yeah, and they were the biggest fucking pervs, that viewed women as submissive, fragile, and chaste, stricter forms of corsetry were preferred by upper middle class women because looser forms of dress meant loose women, which was considered to be improper and immoral. However, it was also popular among working class women who had to prefer a loose corset that would not hinder them from hard work. And then it continues to say that the corset had been a permanent item of clothing since the Middle Ages. It has been used as an undergarment, uh, outerwear, fetish object, ooh, fetish object, and eventually has become an art object at present time. And then it continues to say that, that it was used by women and sometimes men and even by little children in order to discipline the body, improve physical appearance, correct physical deformations, and help enhance social status in society while restricting, silencing, and punishing the body from childhood to old age. I don't know if you guys actually remember the scene in the first movie of Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, Caribbean where Keira Knightley's character—I forgot her name—but you know, her her father had shipped over like a corset from Europe, and he said this is the latest like European trend, you know, fashion trend, and so she wears it, and she's very uncomfortable. I can only imagine that it was extremely hot and humid, so wearing a corset in um, the Caribbean. Oh my God, I can only imagine. Already me wearing like loose fitting clothing when I went to Martinique in November and I was about to die from the humidity. But anyway, and uh, and do you guys remember how she kind of, you know, lost consciousness and fell over into the sea? And I believe it was Captain Jack Sparrow who like dove in there to save her and he got her out of the water and then he had to like rip the like corset off of her. and <laughs> She comes to that's just one of the best scenes in the movie no, but it, it did happen quite a lot because these corsets would I mean they would c- restrict your breathing you couldn't breathe properly uh, many women did did pass out unfortunately due to you know there rest- they couldn't they couldn't breathe properly you know there's some critics that said especially in the 18th 19th century some critics said that it shifted organs. Um, they did do studies on skeletons from the Victorian era, and they did discover that the skeletons had been shaped differently. You could see the skeletons that were shaped, you know, from a corset as opposed to skeletons who never wore a corset. And, it, and you know, there is also the thing of shifting, like, organs, like we said. Your large intestine would be pushed down. Your your ribs would go into an S shape. I mean, they, they're critics. Um, let's just say that it was not comfortable and it was more of a fashion statement than a comfort thing but then then again you know as many of these beauty and fashion trends are sometimes they're just kind of ridiculous Um, and many women did suffer miscarriages because of prolonged use of, of of corsets their bodies would be shaped in a specific way and then when they had when they would get pregnant baby had no room and a lot of times unfortunately it happened that a woman would miscarry i'm not saying it was the only reason why women miscarried no of course not but um it, it uh, some people do say that that was one of the reasons why women often miscarried back in the day uh, this is the last one i'm getting to the end you guys i'm almost there this isn't so much as a beauty trend I mean, when I came upon these sexist advertisements <laughs> To say the least they're sex- I mean, some of them I'm going to have to post them up onto social media They are incredible But one of them what was shocking Was, Lys- you, you know, Lysol As we've, we all are hearing about Lysol And how it's a disinfectant We know this Especially amid COVID-19 A lot of people are, are, are using Lysol to, to clean so here I found something that said <clears throat> that Lysol was uh, used in the 60s, well, it, actually a bit, a bit before that, but they, it was used as a feminine hygiene product. And if you remember in the beginning of the episode where I did that opening, I actually read out one of the advertisements about using Lysol for feminine hygiene, which is horrific. Oh, this is incredible. The product was advertised as safe to use, although there were many cases where Lysol caused burning, inflammation, and some women even died from using it as a feminine hygiene product. But the two advertisements that I did find are quite horrific, actually, and I've magnified them as much as they can go before they get all blurry. But I seriously, these two ads. One is a woman who's trying to open a door and she's begging her husband. She's like, please, Dave, please don't let me be locked out from you. And then it has like these locks where it says doubt what does that say inhibitions and ignorance is locking her out of her matrimonial i don't know room i don't even know what to say and then it says often a wife fails to realize that doubts due to one to one intimate neglect can shut her out from a happy married love for complete feminine hygiene rely on lysol a concentrated germ killer in this one it's like this, this lady she writes in a story about apparently uh, complete bullshit but anyway and it shows her you know all googly eyed and looking all sad and it says I spelled marriage mirage and then it says listen to this wife's story of marriage happiness rediscovered and the way she rediscovers marriage happiness apparently fucking rather get a di- divorce from this motherfucker than freaking put Lysol up my hoo-ha I married for love. Okay, you're not the only one, dear. And at first, George did love me. Then, I can't explain when or how it began. George became more and more indifferent. Our marriage happiness began to fade away like a mirage. I brooded so that I actually became ill. When I went to see my doctor, I started to cry and told him everything. It was then I learned how one's neglect... Carelessness, I can't because this part is a little bit blurry. Carelessness or ignorance about feminine hygiene so often wrecks romance. My doctor advised me to use Lysol disinfected for feminine hygiene. Thousands of modern wives use it, he said, explaining how Lysol makes an effective germ killing douche that cleanses thoroughly and deodorizes. De- deodorizes, sorry. <laughs> and Lysol won't harm sensitive vaginal tissues just follow the directions he added how right he was the fuck he was right you know what any doctor I swear to god any doctor that says use Lysol the fuck what do you want me to you know what how about I pour some of some bleach over your cock motherfucker what the hell are you saying for me to put like Lysol up my hoo-ha first of all no no and no no to douching period okay so d- don't do it all right your vaginal or your vaginal poo, your vagina and its odor, it is natural. Now, of course, if you have an infection or a yeast infection, and things like that, please go visit your doctor. You might have to also change uh, your diet. There's, there's many reasons. It cleanses itself. Please don't put Lysol up your vag. And if your partner, don't care if it's a man, a woman, I really don't care, to tell you the truth, says you got to do something fair enough, but in the sense of, let's check the underlying reasons don't go squirting up bleach and lysol up your hoo-ha's all right what the hell seriously if doctors if this if there's an ounce to truth to any of this and that doctors would recommend lysol to disinfect your vag we have issues and no wonder we had a very short life expectancy oh my god and then it says in this ad check these facts with your doctor the fuck i will seriously like yeah doctor i oh no no can you imagine if i go to like my gynecologist and be like do you think i should put bleach or lysol up my 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 vag you're just gonna look at me and i'll be like but that's what you guys were prescribing like 60 70 80 years ago even uh no seriously no no and hell to the no in so many ways lysol as a feminine hygiene product go fuck yourselves All right, so we have come to the end of this week's episode I'm sure you guys had enough of my ranting and raving Deep into your ear holes Or maybe that's your fetish, who knows I don't know, maybe it is, maybe it isn't Either way, thank you so much you guys for listening I hope you did enjoy this week's episode On the the bizarre, bizarre beauty trends Our um, ancestors followed And apparently that some people do still follow today Remember to check us out on social media. Send me send me an email. I'm getting lonely here, you guys. Seriously, this self-isolation slash social distancing slash quarantine is sometimes even a bit rough for, for my Virgo soul. So send me an email. Let me know what's happening, how you guys are coping. Remember to love each other, love yourselves. And don't forget to tune in to a brand new episode next week. Take care. Bye.
0: Wow. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, Hmm, what's the word? Delightful because it's got available H-track all wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe. Packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com Hyundai. Or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. You know what this is? A commercial? Right, and you know what that means. <gasps> Time for a snack? Wrong. I want you to do some heart-healthy exercise. Yes, you! Try some seated leg extensions right now. Just lift each leg up and extend it straight, one at a time, six to eight times.
1: I can do that.
0: Yes, you can. Remember, every commercial is a chance to sneak in heart-healthy activity. Visit findexerciseanywhere.com and speak with your doctor to learn more about the risks of heart failure.